God is good. Amen. I want to read 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. It says, All these things happen to them as an example. In other words, everything that happened to the people in Scripture happened as an example for us. And they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So there is an example for us in Scripture. 2 Timothy says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete or mature, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Pray this morning that God will anoint His Word and that His Word will fall onto fertile soil that will bring forth good fruit for His honor and for His glory. We are living in a very, very strange time. Everything is changing. I know there are a lot of people that cannot handle change. But change is here to stay. Some change is good. Some change is not so good. I believe that the Antichrist spirit is more visible and active than in the past. We can see darkness covering the earth. But when darkness begins to cover the earth, the people of God will shine brighter. The early church was birthed in very difficult days. The people of God experienced tremendous hardship. Many of them gave their lives for the gospel's sake. And the true church of Jesus Christ has never had it easy. But the church of Jesus Christ was birthed in power. Those ordinary people were nothing but carpenters and fishermen, housewives. They were able to shine in the darkness of persecution, of hatred, and of difficult storms and be successful. And I'm not speaking about worldly success. I'm speaking about spiritual success. Under those people, the church grew and multiplied. The name of Jesus was lifted high throughout the world. Multitudes of people were swept into the kingdom of God and became the children of God because of these people. They fulfilled the purposes of God. We asked the question this morning, how did those people do it? How did that small group grow and develop and, 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 and touch the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? It spread far and wide. How did they bring the glory of God in a world that despised and hated and rejected Him? How did they do it? We have to look back. Because the early church is our model. 
Most of us want to build on what we see today. But God has already given us an example. He's already set a model upon which we need to focus and build upon. He's already given a blueprint for His church. His church is not to grow by new people getting new ideas and developing new theories. Scripture has already laid out how the church is to function. Our future is in the past. You can't do away with the past. The reason why you and I have a America like, like it is, a free America, is because of what people did in the past. They laid down their lives. They lost their limbs. They went through terrible hardship in order that you and I may live freely in this great country. And it is exactly the same with the Word of God and the Gospel and the church. Those who went before us, laid down their lives, suffered hardships, poverty, in order that you and I may have freedom and liberty in the house of God. And we must never forget it. All over people celebrate the veterans and it's the right thing to do. We appreciate the great work that they've done. But we must never forget the early church that was there before us. In the book of Acts, the disciples received power from on high. And Peter, who was previously a coward, because he was a disciple of Jesus, a young woman came to him one day and said, I know you, you be with that man Jesus. Now they despised Jesus. And instead of Peter standing up and having a powerful testimony, he denied Jesus. He said, I don't know him. He was a coward. But something happened at Pentecost when the church was birthed. Because later on we see the same man changed by the power of God. Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost. After he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit and he speaks to that large multitude of people there. He doesn't beat around the boots. He doesn't tickle their ears. He says, you with your wicked hands, you have crucified the Lord of glory. And sudden conviction comes upon those people and they say, what must we do? And he says, repent, every one of you, in the name of Jesus and you be baptized and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He laid down a foundation and the foundation is repent, be baptized in water and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Today we say, come and get saved and baptized. We leave out repentance and we leave out the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then we wonder why the church does not have the power that the early church had. You see, it's not just coming to Jesus, but it's repenting of your sin. Because when Jesus came, he began his ministry saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. When he concluded his ministry, he said the same thing, repent or perish. The church must preach the message of repentance. 
You cannot switch on and off with God. Your life has to change. You have to put some things behind you and allow God's Spirit to walk, work in your life so that you can walk a new walk. Repent and be baptized. And that message brought 3,000 people to the Lord Jesus Christ at one time. 3,000 people responded and were born again of God's Spirit. And those that responded, this is what the Bible says about him, and it says, and they, those 3,000, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the teaching of God's word, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer. There again, the scripture lays out four fundamental truths that we as God's people must carry on. We need to sit under the apostles' doctrine. We need to break bread. We need to pray. And we need to be in fellowship with the people of God. That's how we laid it out. Now this morning I want to show you five keys from the, from the, from the book of Acts, from the early church. Five keys. How to overcome the enemy and how to experience victory. As I've said to you earlier, we're living in very difficult days. It seems that hell has broken loose. And I'm not speaking politically, I'm speaking spiritually. It seems that the devil is intimidated and he's doing everything in his power to hold up the gates of hell. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We are part of something that is eternal. God wants his people to experience the power of the early church. And so I'm going to give you five keys, five very simple basic keys. The first one, these were ordinary people that responded to the message of the disciples. Jesus told the disciples they were born again. He told them to go and wait in Jerusalem till they received power from on high. They would receive that power and they would be witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. The very thing that Jesus said, he said you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and those are the four places you're going to touch. And they did. The Bible says on Pentecost they were together with one accord, united, and suddenly the Holy Spirit came down upon them. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. Now those tongues that they spoke that day were the tongues of the people that were gathered there. And all those people said, well, how is it possible that we see these ordinary men Yet they are speaking in our own languages. And what they were doing, they were, they were praising God. They were speaking the praises of God. And they said, these, these men are drunk. He says, they're not drunk. This is that of which the prophet Joel spoke about. He said, in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall have visions. He's speaking about today, the end times. God will pour out his spirit. Now, why do they accuse them of being drunk? The Bible doesn't tell us, but I think it was because they were full of joy. Drunk people are normally happy. <laughs> and secondly, they were loud. Drunk people are normally loud. But they weren't drunk with wine, but they were drunk with the Holy Spirit. And they were filled with tremendous power. And change began to take place. The words that Jesus spoke began to be fulfilled. And I want to give you these five keys. The very first key is there must be unity among the people of God. The Bible says where the brethren dwell together in unity, there God commands a blessing. Unity, one mind, one spirit, one goal, one vision. We've all got to come under the, we've all got to come to a place where we lay down our own visions and our own programs and, and our own agendas under the umbrella of the vision of God. There needs to be unity in the house of God. I believe we're living in a day that discipline needs to return to, to the house of God. People need to understand God chastises those whom He loves. We have people come today with their own agenda. Everybody has got their opinion how the church must function, how the church must operate, what must be preached. It's not about our agendas. It's not about my vision. It's not about your vision. It's not about any pastor's vision. It's about the vision of God. God's vision is going to all the world and preach the gospel. That's primarily the call of the church. I want you to notice something very important about the early church. There was no laity and clergy. There was no platform and pews. God hasn't called any of you to be spectators. God hasn't called any of you just to hear the word. He's called you to take the word and apply it to your life. That you can be a missionary. That you can bring change wherever you go. What's happened over the many years is the church has wandered away from the word of God. What crept in subtly was this laity and clergy. We have laity on the platform with a whole bunch of degrees and all kinds of stuff. And the people uh, just have to sit and listen and do nothing. And every, all expectation for the kingdom of God depends upon the people on the platform. That is not how the word of God goes. God needs every single one of us. Back in the book of Acts it says, because they were persecuted, they were scattered. And the people who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. You need to know who you are in Christ this morning. That you are a believer priest. And Peter says it. He says we are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. That we should show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's not about titles. It's about function. Those that, that lead churches are there to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. God's people. 
God's people need to understand that they can do the same things that the people did in the early church. But there must be unity, one mind. And if there's not unity, those who do not want to keep unity should move on. Because unity is vital to the body of Christ. We're all different people from different places and different standards of living, but we are to be united in spiritual matters. That's a key. Some people sit in church and they like to hold their arms and they listen to the preacher. I don't agree with this and I don't agree with it. What you got to do with the kingdom of God? What you agree with and what you don't agree with. Are you with me? We need the word of God. And so the very first key is there must be unity. We must work towards unity. Why? Because the devil goes to church too. He's in church every Sunday. And he's always looking around for an opportunity to bring division. And he, he preys on weak people. That's why we must pray for one another. Jesus said to Peter, Satan has sought to sift you. Put you in a sift and shake it. But I have prayed for you. When you are restored, feed my sheep. Number one, unity. Secondly, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost had fully come. We have people today complaining about tongues. It's not about tongues. It's about power. You shall receive power on that the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. How is it possible that we believe some scriptures and we, we doubt others and some we don't even believe? How, how is it possible that the church today picks and chooses what it wants to believe? We sing songs that we never put into practice. This morning we sang, come and awaken us. And I, I trust God is going to awake us this morning. That once again the church can be the church. We're not in competition with the world. We're not trying to do worldly things better than them. We've been called out of that. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're a peculiar people. The strange people. And so the second one is we must be all filled with the Holy Spirit. This is that. Which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. My poured out my spirit. All men should be dreaming dreams. That's what the scripture says. Dreams that, that come from God. Young men should be having visions. Young men and women should be prophesying. The body of Christ should be functioning and operating and not being in a place of being spectators. But functioning members of the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, every one of us, and members in particular. My finger didn't tell me this morning, it ain't coming to church. My fingers more to my body. Amen. And I believe we, we in this coming year, there's going to be more darkness than ever before. Wickedness. People today are not just wicked. They're evil. Because evil has taken a hold of them. They're in bondage. They're not looking for weak people for help because weak people can't help them. They're looking for people that are filled with the Spirit of God. That are powerful. 
at the words they speak are powerful. And whenever those people come, it is change. Changing the workplace, changing the playgrounds, changing the streets. Wherever the people of God go, it is changed. Why? Because they are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Amen. Be not drunk with wine that says, but be ye filled. We've got a lot. I look on Facebook, how do you go there? But now and again, I have a peep. And I'm shocked to see how many Christians on Facebook always with a bottle and a glass of something. And keep it to yourself. <laughs> Say, be not drunk with wine. Oh, we have a lot of that. Sipping saints get mad with me when I say that. But be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart. This is the will of God for you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just repent and be baptized in water. You've got to complete it and be baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. This year in our church, I'm going to have meetings where we are going to specifically pray for people to be infilled with the Holy Spirit. The third key is preach the word. Paul said to Timothy, preach the word. Not garbage. Not stuff that has no meaning. Preach the word. We've got to preach the word. And that's what you see what happened in the book of Acts. The very first message ever preached in, 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 in the church was preached by Peter. And he quoted scripture and he says, repent them and, and, and be baptized everyone. Biblical stuff that he preached. Jesus gives us the parable of the foolish man and the wise man. He says, he that hears my sayings, hears my word, and applies it, is like a man who built his house upon a rock. He says, the rains descended, the floods came, the wind blew, and it beat upon that house, but it stood because it was founded on a rock. That's a wise man. He says, the foolish man is a man who hears my sayings and doesn't do anything about it. Builds his house upon sand. The rains descend, the floods come, the wind blow, beats upon an hour, and great is the fall of it because it's built on sand. What are you building your life on this morning? Are you building your life on the Word of God because God's Word is unshakable and unmovable? The Bible tells us that if you read the book of Acts, it says, and the Word of God grew and multiplied, and the Word of God grew and multiplied. That Herod, he, he was the, the main guy who was so upset that the, these early church people were having impact upon people that he dressed in his fine, fine apparel, the Bible says, fine robes, and, and he made a great speech to try, to try to outdo them. And they said, this is not the voice of man, this is the voice of God. And God struck him down dead, right then. And the worms ate him up. But the next few verses says, but the word, but the word of God grew and multiplied. Innumerable God-haters, like Herod and Stalin and Hitler and Pharaoh and it, rise and fall. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Build your life on God's word. Number three, they prayed. My numbers are not so good today. They prayed. Acts 2, 49, it says now, they said, Now, Lord, consider these threats 
They were threatened. They were persecuted because they were just simply sharing the gospel. That's how wicked hell is. Because the gospel only does good. Jesus came to do good. And yet they went against him. But here it says they were being persecuted. And so they began to pray. They said, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak the word of God with boldness. They didn't come before God in prayer and say, oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Keep your hand upon us. It's so difficult today. These people are so much against us. Lord, can't you do something supernatural? No, they weren't cowards. They asked for boldness. That they're able to stand against that which the enemy would bring against them. And listen to what the Bible says. After they prayed, man, this is a prayer meeting. After they prayed, the place was shaken. We need some prayer meetings where the place is shaken. Yeah, only a few of you are you that. We need some prayer meetings where the place is shaken. When everybody is shaken from the pastor right to the bottom. Every single person. Sh shaken by God. Amen. It says that the place was shaken after they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, they ask God. We as God's people find ourselves in tight corners sometimes. We don't always know the answers to everything, but we can pray. The problem with us today when we pray is we come before God and we unload our list. God do this, God do that, what do this, oh look at look. And when we finish we walk away. We don't give him time to answer. Did you know that God answers prayer? He can answer through a vision. He can answer through a, a reading of scripture. He can answer through another person. And if he chooses, he can answer through a donkey. <laughs> but he answers. And, and, and all the years I've been in the ministry, myself included, I'm just as guilty as everybody. We come in prayer meetings and man, we let it, we let it roll. I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal, I let it roll. And we pray and we pray and we feel the fire and the glory of the Lord is coming down. And then when we finish it, what a meeting. But we never got one answer for what we prayed. <laughs> because we never waited. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. Hallelujah. So they prayed. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Early church prayed. This coming week in, in Norwood, we have our first Wednesday. And they're going to listen to me, they're listening to me right now. We're going to have a prayer meeting. And I'm going to see who is there. Watch me, you better all be there. This year is going to change for the good. We're going to pray. Holy Ghost prayer meetings. Far too many people among us are sick. Far too many people are filled with fear. And we need to pray. The whole church needs to pray. For God's power to fall on us. Number four. I don't know how I got those numbers, but it's okay. <laughs> the early church could pray. And they understood the power and the authority that they had as ordinary people in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know there's something about that name? Can I get one amen? amen. There's something about that name? 
I've been in meetings where we start, we start singing songs and we're just singing about Jesus. Listen, there's a shift in the atmosphere. I'm speaking spiritually to you right now. The atmosphere changes when we exalt the name of Jesus. There's something about that name. In fact, the Bible says there's no other name given among men whereby we must get saved. It's the only name of, for salvation. Stop justifying all different methods. One name, Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I thank God that there was a day in my life that I called upon that name. My life has never been the same. And many of you sitting here this morning, in your despair, in your despondency, in your emptiness, in your loneliness, you've called upon that name that's above all names. Something supernatural has taken place in your life. You've been born again. Not of your mother's womb, but of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Peter and John just come out of Pentecost. They go up to the temple to pray. There's a man sitting. It's called Gate Beautiful. He was lame from his mother's womb. Never knew how to walk or run or stand. That gate wasn't beautiful for him. There he sat every single day. But this day, two ordinary men, they didn't have their collars back to front. They didn't wear religious garb. They didn't come with their degrees. They were ordinary people who were filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter looks upon this man, he says, listen, silver and gold I don't have. But what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And it says he pulled him, and immediately the man's ankles strengthened. And he began leaping and praising God. Now right there is the temple, those Jewish with all their rituals. Week after week they would gather there, and the wonderful meetings that they would have, and the Lord is blessing, and the Lord is here, and they would eat all that stuff. But outside was the man's city. But one day two ordinary men, filled with the Spirit of God, came that way. They said, in Jesus' name, get up on This man was so, so thrilled that he was healed, he went right into that synagogue. Now you can imagine the chaos in that place that day. Not in this place, you've got to, shh, no noise here. He couldn't care about that. He was leaping and praising God after 40 odd years. He was healed in the name of Jesus. Folks, we need all of us. We need to start praying for people in the name of Jesus. I prayed for lots of people many different ways and God's done wonderful things and it's for all of us. It's not for the pastors, it's for all of us who are the children of God, for the body of Christ. Normally when someone says, I'm sick, he says, I'll pray for you. Stop it. Pray there and then. I'll pray for you. Most don't ever pray. It's like on television. Let's pray for them. They never pray. We can't be hypocrites like that. Pray in Jesus' name. Brings about change. This man was healed in the name of Jesus. You know what happened? The people looked and they saw this man now all of a sudden after all these years he was walking. And so they, 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 uh, they thought, whoa, that's wonderful. They went to these men and they started treating these two men like gods. They said, why are you looking at us as if we did this by our own power? It's not us that has, that has healed this man. It's the name of Jesus. That has made this man whole. 
the name of Jesus. Whichever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Everybody can believe has the right and must trust God for the power and the authority in the name of Jesus for things to happen. Paul and Silas were walking down the street and a woman ran after them and said, These men are the servants of the Most High God. Come to show us the way of salvation. Now you think that sounds good, but Paul had discernment. And what he discerns, he discerns in this woman that she is controlled and dominated and manipulated by a demon spirit. Most of the church doesn't believe in demon spirits anymore. And yet multitudes of people are possessed. And he goes right after he looks at the demon, he says, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And immediately that demon spirit came out. Those who were making profit out of this woman lost their profit and they went and reported them. You see, even the demons of hell are subject to the name of Jesus. And people say, I've been tormented. Stand up in the name of Jesus and come against the forces of hell because there's victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Thank God for the name of Jesus. I want our church, I want everybody to be active. I want everybody to be doing the works of Jesus. There's not, no, no more of the stuff that we do. We've got to change. Change for the better. Mobilize the body of Christ. Let the body of Christ rise up. There are multitudes of wonderful men and women that come from all walks of life that have been transformed by the power of God and they have dynamic testimonies that will help others who are in the same condition. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to testify. Some of you may want, maybe God wants to heal some of you here this morning in the name of Jesus. Maybe he wants to deliver someone. Man came out one day for prayer, and I, and I went up to him and I said, In the name of Jesus, as I said, In the name of Jesus, he fell down. But he was, he was smelling like a, a bottle storm. But he fell down when I, when I said that. And he said, That's better. He got up, and I believe God delivered him from a demon spirit. They're real. Some time ago I was preaching in our church and I was speaking on spiritual warfare. As I was speaking about spiritual warfare and the attacks of demonic spirits, a woman that's never come to our church was sitting somewhere near the front seat, just slid out of the seat screaming. What was that? What was that? See some people, oh, we need to get locked up. We need to get locked up here. There's a demon spirit who couldn't handle the word of God. There's power in Jesus' name. Five. Great peace, unity, filled with the Holy Spirit, preach the word, pray, and understand the power and the authority in Jesus' name. I'm closing now. You're here this morning. Your life is a mess. You may not even believe everything I said. And you feel that there's nothing can change. I'm going to tell you, God can change you right now. The church is not void of power. Right in this meeting this morning, the God can transform your life. Maybe you've been gripped by something for a long time and you're struggling to get rid of it. In the name of Jesus, you can be free today. Amen. 